Good morning. Uh, Katie, did you have, Katie has been. Good morning, welcome to uh, memorial service. If, if you uh, have a prayer request, if you will um, raise your hand and um, I think it's Wayne. Wayne, you'll walk around and bring your card, a prayer card. And today is library day, not, do not forget that, Patsy. Fancy is in here somewhere, or will be in here. There she is, okay. And then uh, Katie has a big announcement, right? Okay. <clears throat> Good morning. I just wanted to remind everybody about our special Sunday coming up next week. It's our 10 o'clock combined service, and it will be over in the sanctuary. And this is our children's Sabbath service. So I really hope that you will be here to see our children. They are planning and preparing every aspect of next week's worship service. And there will also be a lunch here in the Family Life Center immediately following. And it is a potluck. So please bring one or two or three of your favorite side dishes so that we have plenty of food to share. Thank you. If you will stand with us, let's all sing together. You stood before creation, eternity in your hand. You spoke the earth and so now to stand. You stood before my failure, carried the cross for my shame. My sin weighed upon your shoulders, my soul now. What can I say? What could I do? But offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. So I walk upon salvation. Spirit alive in me, this life to declare your promise, my soul now to stay. So what can I say? What could I do? Offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. So what can I say? What could I do? But offer this heart, oh
offer our hearts completely to you, Lord. Every single piece of us belongs to you, and we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for just taking charge and taking control, even when we don't feel like we have any control. Lord, take over our lives, mold us, and make us into the people that you want us to be. In your name I pray, amen.
Tell them good morning and tell them that you love them. And children, come to the carpet and meet Miss Kenna. everybody good morning I'm glad you're here y'all happy to see the Sun out today I am after all that rain yesterday we needed it though it was nice all right I have a story to tell you today actually I'm gonna tell you about three different um, people and I want to see if you can relate to any of these and these are just made-up people okay all right um, one day Susie's mother sent her to the store to buy a loaf of bread she gave Susie two dollars and told her she could keep the change. When Susie paid for the bread, the cashier accidentally gave her too much money back. Susie knew right away that it was too much money. What should she do? What do you think Susie should do? What do you think, Morgan? You think she should give it back? Is that what you guys think? Should she tell the cashier that she made a mistake or should she just keep quiet and keep the money? Tell the cashier. Okay. All right. Well, listen to this one. James was going through the cafeteria line at school and looked down to see a dollar bill on the floor. There was no way of knowing who had lost the money, and no one would ever know if he just picked it up and put it in his pocket. What should he do? What do you think, Lauren? Who would you give it to? The cafeteria lady, yeah? Okay, I got one more, Hector. Hector was going, um, Hector found a money bag just like this. Have you ever seen a money bag like this before? Like maybe at school or from the bank or something? And it contained $120. He found it on top of a Coke machine at school. It's a lot of money, isn't it? Just think of all the things we could do with $120. What should Hector do? What do you think, Lauren? Yeah. Did anybody think it was easier to figure out what to do with the $120 than the $1? Would that $1 be tempting to put in our pocket? Maybe. Okay. All right. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Every day we're faced with decisions that test our honesty. It may be a small amount of incorrect change or a dollar found on the floor or a large amount of money, such as what Hector found at school. The amount of the money is not important. It is a question of doing what is right. One day, Jesus told a parable about a rich man who, was who accused his manager of wasting his money. He called him in and told him an account that he was given that he had been managing the money wrong. And sure enough, he had been taking that money from the account for himself and cheating his employer. Since the manager knew he was going to be fired, he came up with a plan that would make a lot of friends. He called the people who owed his boss money, and he asked them how much they owed. And when they told him how much, he told them they only had to pay a much smaller amount. As you can imagine, the people were very pleased only to have to pay a fraction of what they owed, and the manager now had plenty of friends to help him when he no longer had a job. 
Jesus told this story to show that whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. If you and I make sure that we are honest in the small things, then we can be sure that we will be honest in the big things too. If people know they can trust us with small things, then they will know they can trust us with big things. All right, let's bow our heads. Dear Father, help us remember what Jesus taught us about honesty and help us to be honest in every situation, big or small. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And before you leave, I have a little something for you and today's library day. So those of you who are planning to go to the library, you can meet Miss Patsy, um, I believe, in the back. And she'll, there she is, and she'll lead y'all to the library. Y'all have a good week. All right, let's, uh, let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh God, you have put gladness in our hearts and sheltered us in times of distress and you've set us apart for yourself and we are filled with thanksgiving. And so we come this day, oh God, to offer our praise and to um, confess our sins. And even though you are so good to us, uh, we do not always walk before you in godliness and dignity. And we have not been good stewards and we do not always bring honor to you by the way we do business. We're not careful to be faithful in small matters while we seek important places. We are half-hearted in our workings for you we try instead to please the world. Oh God, this day do not remember our sin. Let your compassion come speedily to us and deliver us and forgive us our sins. And just as you are the ruler over all, guide uh, the rulers of this earth that they may execute justice and protect the, those less fortunate. By your spirit, Make them know that all power is a trust from you. Oh God, we're reminded that throughout our lives, uh, we've learned that your will is for us to be whole, uh, whole in body, mind, and spirit. And so we ask now for wholeness to be given to those persons that we have listed on our prayer list. We pray for those that, uh, that we say now in our hearts. And we also pray especially for healing for our nephew, a police officer in Memphis, Mike Berg. And we especially lift up and pray, O oh God, for 
for Don Barton, Chris Major's grandfather, who is in hospice, not doing well. And we pray, oh God, for Mickey, that his uh, surgery will go well this Wednesday. We pray, oh God, for all these, those that we've named with our voices and our hearts and on our prayer list. We pray, oh God, that you'd make them strong if they're weak. You'd raise them up if they're afflicted. We'd give courage if they are despairing and give peace if they're dying and hope to all those who may mourn. We pray, oh God, that you be gracious to us and hear our prayers because we offer them through Christ who is your Son and our Lord and taught us to pray, saying these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture lesson today, we continue on in Luke's Gospels. We look uh, at these uh, words of Jesus. And we're in uh, chapter 16. And Jesus said to his disciples these words. There was a, a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and he asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your, of your management. Maybe you say mismanagement. <laughs> because you cannot be manager any longer. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do now? Uh, my boss has taken away my job. I'm not sh sh strong enough to dig. In other words, to be a ditch digger. I don't know about you, but I always was taught that even if you end up a ditch digger, do the best job you can. And he said, I'm ashamed to beg to be a beggar on the streets. I know what I'll do. When I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses by doing, if he does this. So he called each one of his master's debtors. He says, how much do you owe? And they said, 800 gallons of olive oil. He replied, take your bill, sit down quickly, make it 400. Then he asked a second, how much do you owe? 1,000 bushels of wheat, he said. Take your bill, make it 800. And the master, and he did this, okay, with all the debtors. The master commended, maybe hold on, did you hear that? The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. And then Jesus continues and says, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. That's us. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. In other words, don't hoard that money, use it for good. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches from the heavenly places. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own, a place in heaven? Who will do that? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve both God and money. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came, lived among us, and taught us the perfect way. Help us, O Lord, to be mindful of the way we ought to live and through all circumstances, and help us to be shrewder than the world. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, now, if you haven't got it yet, the guy cooks the books to save his hide, okay? That's what he does. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe if the manager of Bank of America, where most of my debts are held, that if she would call me up and tell me that she is going to reduce them by half with a stroke of her pen so that I might welcome her into my home after she got fired, I don't know about you, but I'd feel just slightly uneasy about that. But these folks seem to be thrilled. Now, so what happens? What happens? And, and so oftentimes we, we run right over that. To me, that's the gist of the story. What happens? The boss commends him. The boss commends him because he's acted shrewdly. I don't know about you, but this is one of those scriptures that sometimes you look at scriptures that are being recommended to, for study and for proclamation, and you look at them and you go, okay, I'm just going to move to the next one. <laughs> this, is gonna, this is too difficult to try to even begin to get your, hand, your mind around. But, because what was Jesus trying to tell us with such an example? I mean, why would he have such an example? I can imagine that some people went away thinking because we always do that. I know that was sermonizing. People go away and uh, just the other day someone said something to me about, you said such and such in your sermon. And I'm thinking I didn't say nothing, nothing like, I didn't say anything like that, but that's okay. As people hear what they want to hear. So what was Jesus trying to tell us? Well, first of all, I don't believe he was telling us that we need to be dishonest. I really don't think that. I think he was using this scoundrel to illustrate a point. And Jesus often did that. If you, if you think about it, Jesus does this a lot in parables and in the scripture. Uh, two that just come to my mind was the, the judge who wouldn't give the poor widow her due. And so she, so she bothered him, bothered him, bothered him until he finally did. He was a scoundrel. The other one is the person who found that treasure in somebody else's field. And then he went out and bought the field, didn't tell the person that he'd found the treasure there. He bought it so he could get the profit. Y'all would happen to remember either one of those examples that the Lord used in parables. What these examples and the one we just had, I think, tell us is that, well, let me back up. It does not tell us that God is unjust. What it, it doesn't tell us that God is annoyed if you continue to pester him about something. It doesn't uh, say that we should cheat someone. I think in rather what we're meant to understand in a humorous and interesting way that just if a reluctant judge can give justice to the widow, how much more justice will God give us? Uh, the children of light when we call on him. And if a person would spend every effort to even cheat to obtain a treasure which he found in somebody else's property, how much more should we expend to enter the kingdom of God. What does that mean? You see, the life issue today's, in today's parable, I believe, is really about how shrewd and clever and committed those of us who follow Christ are 
when it comes to our faith, not when it comes to how well we operate in the world economic system, but how shrewd and clever and committed are we followers of Christ when it comes to our faith? Do we really use every resource that we have available for us to ensure our future with God? Do we, are we as shrewd and use every resource like those in the world economic system to ensure their future in the world? You see, and Jesus was pointing out to us that oftentimes we are a little bit naive. Oftentimes we're not shrewd as those outside the follow and the fellowship and that we need to be just as shrewd, just as committed, just as wise as we go about being faithful people. So how can we tell if we're, how can we tell if we're doing what we're supposed to do? How can we tell if we are doing what the Lord wants us to do? Well, there's lots of different examples of that, but I'm just going to throw up or give up two, show you two of them. One is the one Jesus just used. Uh, in, in, in case you missed it, Jesus says that how we use our resources uh, is very important as a statement of how committed and shrewd we are as followers of Christ with our faith. You know, Jesus, a lot of people don't know this, but one-third of Jesus' parables and sayings concerned of our faithfulness and our resources. He talks about this a lot because your loyalties are revealed by what you do with your resources, your time, your money, your effort. And he held up many, many examples. I'm not going to repeat them here. But stories about loyalty and what is important to people and what they seek. And so Jesus used this as this one example in this parable. He says the children of this age are shrewder. Those outside the fellowship, those who are not followers of Christ, are shrewder in dealing in the world system than we are, than the children of light. And to drive his point home, he, said, he says probably what is one of the most famous sayings that most people have heard, no one can serve two masters. Or if you'll either hate the one and love the other or to be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve the world economic system with all your resources and shrewdness and commitments and also serve the Lord, God and Jehovah. You can't do it. You can't be double-minded. Because when you're double-minded, you're just like what Jesus says. Uh, you either will hate one and love the other, or devoted one and despise the other. And so it's important for us as children of the light for us to realize that we need to be singularly focused. And all these other things will be given unto us as the Lord's promise. The children of this world uh, are so uh, dishonest and committed and shrewd that they will do whatever they can to get more and more power and more and more advantage over people. And that is the way the world economic system works for those who are so minded. But for us, for us children of the light, as followers of Christ, we often lack the same uh, savvy. And it's important for us to understand that the reason is because we are double-minded. 
we do not completely commit ourselves 100% in our families and resources to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we don't do that, we have conflicting emotions and we have conflicting desires and we have conflicting problems. Uh, we do things badly oftentimes because we try to do that. We try to serve both. And so what happens is we might speak of the depth and breadth and love of God. We might speak of the truth and beauty and peace that comes from knowing God, but then we settle for mediocre things in our own practice of faith. Another saying is indeed true about how we go about our commitment to the Lord and to his church. We reap what we sow. If we sow sparingly, then the harvest is sparse. And if we, if we sow abundantly, the harvest is abundant. So that's the, one, that's the first sign. That's the one that Jesus held up about us not being double-minded. We either serve the Lord or we serve the world economic system. The second, I told you I'd give you two. I want to give you a second one. The other one deals with our time and our energy. It's just as important as what we do with our money. Um, you know, during election time, lots of people will devote hours, ringing doorbells, making phone calls, putting up signs, uh, attending rallies, but yet they won't walk next door to invite a neighbor to attend church with them. And Jesus is correct. The children of the world are wiser in worldly matters than we are in churchly matters. And so the zeal we bring uh, to the church, how does that compare to the zeal that we bring to a sports activity? How involved and committed are we to helping and making sure that things are the right way they should be within Christ's holy church? Or do we spend it mostly on our own personal desires uh, and uh, recreation? Where do we put our efforts? What do we do with our time, energy, and our money? Who or what are we really serving? This is the crutch of this, this scripture today. And it's hard, but Jesus was speaking to us, us disciples. So if you're wondering why I think, maybe things are not working out as well as you think they should in your life, that maybe it's because you need not be, be so double-minded. Maybe you need to be singularly focused on the Lord God with shrewdness, all your effort, all your resources, just like you put into other things in your life, but flip it so that this becomes your singular focus, not the world economic system. God knows what you need. God will provide your needs, maybe not your wants, but if you follow God with a singular purpose, you will have what you need to survive until you get home. God has told us the way in which we should go. We should make eternal investments right now of our time and our money and our effort uh, so that we know for certain, as Jesus said, you'll be welcomed home in heavenly places. Um, how much more will God welcome us uh, uh, when, when we come into the kingdom and we will have done what we were supposed to do. And God will say to us, good and faithful servant.
If you have any doubt about that, then remember, I believe, what Jesus just said. You can't serve two people. You either serve the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and effort, your spirit, everything, or you serve this world system, which is decaying around us every day. I hope and pray that this sermon today will cause you to think. That's what I want you to do is to think about it. And think about what you can do, how you can become more singularly focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, and what you can do outside of worship to help transform people and transform things. To help, because you're not alone. There's a whole lot of people out there who are not even double minded, they're just singularly minded, and that's those dishonest managers. And, you know, if you really looked at the, if you heard closely the uh, nuance in that scripture, you'll see that the Lord also was saying that his boss, the rich person who owned the, the business, was, you know, was being injustice, to his, being a person of injustice. He was condemning them both. So I hope and pray that you, this will cause you to think and ask, what can I do in the church? What can I do outside the church so things are transformed into the way God wants them to be? This, what you see every day outside of this church, is not what God intends. But if God's people don't step up now, I don't want to contemplate. May your thinking this day be productive. May it be productive. Amen. Let's stand and affirm our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating who has come in Jesus the Word made flesh to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life and death and life beyond death, God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward now as we receive our tithes and our offerings.
us stand together and sing our closing hymn. Well, you are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. Well, you are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. Well, you are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. And I will sing again. so good to me. You heal my broken heart. You are my father in heaven. You are so good to me. You heal my broken heart. You are my father in heaven. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are in the Sanctuary Children's Sunday. There won't be a service over here. May the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty, Eternal, Triune God, one God, now and forever, may they be yours this day and every day. Amen. And God Oh
Have a great week.